While previous presidents have made this a major campaign promise, they failed to deliver. Today, I am delivering. I've judged this course of action to be in the best interests of the United States of America and the pursuit of peace between Israel and the Palestinians. Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Remember, if you are just heading into work or otherwise have to move on with your day, you do not have to miss out on the conversation here on Detroit Today. Go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. Download and subscribe to Detroit Today, and you can listen to us whenever and wherever you like uh, to do that. Uh, a little later in the show, we're going to have a little conversation, a short conversation with Mark Hackle, the county executive of Macomb County. Talk to him about his state of the county speech last night at the Macomb Center for the Performing Arts. Talk about what is going on in Macomb County as we head into next year's gubernatorial elections. Uh, what What is the state of Macomb County. We'll also have a conversation with John Carlisle, who's a colleague of mine at the Detroit Free Press. He has an expansive story in today's uh, Free Press talking about the future of the Delray neighborhood. That's the neighborhood in southwest Detroit where uh, Marathon Oil and other companies exist and where they have tried to move a lot of the residents out. What is the future of that neighborhood and what will happen to the people who call it home? You're going to want to stay tuned for that conversation for sure. But up front, as you just heard, that was Donald Trump, the president of the United States, talking about his decision, his apparently unilateral decision to recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel rather than Tel Aviv. This is a very controversial move because of the dispute that is in play over Jerusalem. Both Israel uh, claims it as its capital, but uh, it is a very important site, part of it at least, is a very important site to Palestinians who also live in the region. Uh, what, is the, what does it mean to change which of the cities in Israel we recognize as the capital? What does it mean for the future of peace talks between Israel and Palestine and throughout the Middle East? And what does it mean for U.S.-Israeli relations? What does it mean for our relationship with the other Arab countries and Muslims worldwide and the rest of the world? That is where we want to start the conversation today, talking about what the president's announcement will mean uh, in terms of the future of Middle East relations. So joining us uh, up front to talk about that is Saeed Khan. He's a senior lecturer in Near East and Asia Studies at Wayne State University. He joins us frequently to talk about uh, these kinds of issues. And also with us is Howard Lupovich. He's the Associate Professor of History and the Director of the Kohn Hadow Center for Judaic Studies. Saeed and Howard, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Hi, Howie. Absolutely. Hi, Good to be here. <laughs> yeah. So, so let's start with just a, a quick primer on the controversy that surrounds Jerusalem. I'm not sure most people even understand what that is, but this is a disputed site uh, in in the Middle East, and 
we have tried as a country, I think, to, to avoid taking sides in that dispute until now. Saeed, tell, tell me what that means to, to, to change that policy. Sure. Well, I mean, this is a history that goes back uh, about 101 years to uh, what was known as the Balfour Declaration, which was a letter from the British Foreign Minister Arthur Balfour to Lord Walter Rothschild, who was uh, a leading member of the British Zionist movement, uh, that stated in part that uh, the British government view favorably the establishment of a Jewish homeland in Palestine, which at the time was part of the Ottoman Empire, uh, against whom the British were fighting in World War I. It being understood that uh, this uh, favorable uh, view of the establishment of the Jewish homeland would not prejudice the rights of non-Jewish communities living in the region, nor prejudice the rights of Jewish communities living ever, uh, anywhere else. Yeah. After World War I, uh, uh, the area became part of what was known as the British pa uh, Mandate of Palestine. After the British pull out in uh, 1948, uh, handing it over to the United Nations, there is essentially a war or a civil war uh, between the Arab uh, uh, territories and um, uh, uh, the Jewish uh, uh, presence there, which uh, culminates in the creation of the State of Israel in 1948. Since that time, uh, there have been several wars. Uh, perhaps the most significant for what we're talking about is in 1967, when land on the west bank of the Jordan River, which was under um, Jordanian control, uh, is then uh, overrun by Israeli defense forces, as well as the Gaza Strip uh, along the Mediterranean near Egypt and the Golan Heights region in northeastern um, uh, Israel, southwestern Syria, uh, which all three have been under uh, Israeli control ever since. Uh, American policy has been like that of uh, the international community to see uh, Tel Aviv as uh, the capital, to not sort of meddle into what was seen as still a disputed issue. Yeah. Uh, President Trump has uh, taken a departure not only from international law, but from fairly long-held uh, American uh, uh, policy of, uh, I guess we could call it ambiguity on yeah. this issue. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Howard Lupovich, talk about the significance of that. Uh, why is that in, Why is that important? Uh, the change in policy or the sure. policy? Sure, sure. Because, yeah, the reason, well, the change in policy is important in, in, in a more immediate sense. Is this is a campaign promise that the president made? Uh, I would say primarily for for American Jews and for Christian evangelicals who have the greatest interest and stake in the future of the state of Israel and Jerusalem. And I think it's important to keep in mind that the promise of moving the embassy and recognizing Jerusalem as the capital that promise was part of a much broader and more challenging promise of brokering a peace deal. Right. And uh, every, every president has tried to broker a peace deal. That's, that's the real challenge. And, uh, and while it's, I, I suppose it's, it's, it's very exciting that the fact that Jerusalem is being recognized, we have to keep in mind that that's sort of the low-hanging fruit here. Any president could have, could have done that. Previous presidents, I mean, previous presidents, what they were really trying to do is broker the peace deal. And if that's the larger promise, the president is now farther away from being able to accomplish that. Uh, right. I mean, yeah, go ahead. Right now. I, I mean, I, I saw yesterday a story, and I, I won't remember where I saw it, uh, that talked about the possibility of a new intifada being called for uh, this move. Saeed, what, what does that mean, given what is going on right now? Uh, in, in in Israel and Palestine. Well, well, you know, the Intifada, of course, is this uh, this resistance movement, and it can take on several different dimensions. Everything from uh, demonstrations, which are occurring as we speak in uh, 
West Bank city of Ramallah and, and elsewhere, uh, all the way to uh, some either uncoordinated or coordinated violence. I think that Hamas has in fact declared this to be essentially a declaration of war by the United States right. on the Palestinian people. So I think what that does is speaks volumes to the way that it is being leveraged and perhaps even exploited by various forces. But what it seems to be for a lot of people on the ground, both Israelis and Palestinians, is essentially a shrug of the shoulders saying, well, eh, it's basically uh, business as usual because it's really not going to change or affect the tectonic plates on the ground, the underlying issues, as Howie uh, referenced, uh, about a peace deal. Is it going to change the condition for the Palestinian people? Is it going to change the security dimensions for the state of Israel and for Israelis? Uh, it doesn't seem as though any of that is uh, in the immediate future. Yeah. Um, what is the, what's the, the timing of this? Uh, is there something to the timing of, of this announcement? Uh, Saeed, uh, why now? Well, Howie alluded to the fact that uh, it seems as though this was a campaign promise made to two different demographic groups in the American electorate, one being the Jewish American community and the other being Christian evangelicals. And I would actually suggest that it is probably more of a contested issue in the former than it is in the latter. Mm -hmm. There's much more overwhelming support for uh, the issue of Jerusalem in the, in the evangelical Christian community. Uh, on the cynical side, one could go ahead and say, well, next week is the election in Alabama for a Senate seat involving Roy Moore. Uh, does does the timing of this announcement right now have something to do with it? Possibly. Another possibility, again, in the political arena, would be that uh, the president wants to uh, assert that there was something before Congress goes uh, home for uh, for holiday break, mm -hmm. that he scored some victory, and particularly one of his campaign promises in a uh, first year uh, of, of his term that has been pretty bereft of any winning. Yeah. Uh, this is, go ahead. Go ahead, Howard. I would also just add to what he was saying that as far as the timing, and this is also maybe a little bit cynical, but that the president is very good at misdirection, and there are things there. There are issues that the president wants to keep off the headlines. When we're not talking about Robert Mueller and the, and the investigation nipping at his heels, we're not talking about the looming consternation about the tax bill. We're now talking about this. Yeah. And 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 also uh, to add to that, Howie, also um, there are. Uh, serious uh, possibilities that Prime Minister Netanyahu in Israel might be indicted on corruption charges. So it seems as though there may be a deflection uh, from both uh, leaders. Right. And, for, and for the Prime Minister, this is this is certainly a short-term victory. He gets to. This is something he's been he's been at, he's been clamoring for for a long time. Although it's going to cause him problems in the longer in the long term because. He also, every prime minister of Israel is expected to at least try to make some striding toward improving the situation, towards at some effort at negotiation. It's going to make it very difficult for him now. He's sandwiched even more tightly, or he's, he's torn between uh, the, 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 the greater welfare of the people of Israel and the particular demands of his own coalition, yeah. which are going to harden right now. So he's, going to, he, he's, he's, uh, he's in a great position for the time being, but when that you know, the, that romantically driven euphoria over Jerusalem wears off in a couple of weeks. And the reality of the situation on the ground, the practical problems of what does it mean for Jerusalem to be the capital of Israel, when they have to be addressed, this is going to be challenging for him. Yeah. Uh, if you want to join the conversation here, uh, we're talking about President Trump's 
announcement that he, the United States will recognize Jerusalem as the capital of Israel as opposed to Tel Aviv. Uh, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work them into the conversation. Nathan in Detroit, you're up first. Welcome to Detroit Today. Hello? Yeah, go ahead, Nathan. Hi. Yes, so, you know, Israel moved its government offices to Jerusalem in 1950, and we're talking West Jerusalem because Jordan occupied and annexed East Jerusalem also, and they occupied in 48, they annexed it in 1950. And it appears that people are reading into it perhaps more, and maybe we need to be more simple about it, that the U.S. recognized that Israel's capital is in the city of Jerusalem. The, you, this does not mean that East Jerusalem could not be part of a Palestinian Arab state in the future. They rejected it three times since 2000, but it doesn't mean it can't be in the future. Israel did not move the Knesset into East Jerusalem. The Knesset is where it has been for whatever, 50, 60 years. And, you know, all this Turkey saying they're going to break relations with Israel because of what the United States did, it's more of... A, a signal to the world that here's another reason you can act in some sort of anti-Semitic way. You're going to pick on Israel Day. Hmm. No, it's and you know and so. Yeah, Nathan, I I, I, <laughs> I really appreciate the the call and the comments. I think that that interjects something pretty interesting into the conversation here. Uh, thank you very much for calling, uh, Said and, and Howard. I want to give you a chance to to react to what Nathan. Yeah, said I mean, here. I think Nathan, you make a very good point. I think the key phrase you use there is West Jerusalem, because the reality is, for decades, West Jerusalem has been the de facto capital of the state of Israel, even if the embassies haven't been there. And uh, you know, but. I, I would just say that the president, the way he made the announcement, he is given the, the implication, or maybe even more than implicitly, certainly to American Jews, is he's not that he wasn't talking about West Jerusalem versus East Jerusalem. He gave the impression, and many American Jews are walking away with the impression, that he's talking about a fully unified Jerusalem. And it wouldn't surprise me, and personally, and I don't know what's in the president's mind. I can't predict the future. But I would say within six months or a year, he's going to modify what he said to say that he's got that to say, like you say, that West Jerusalem is the capital of Israel, leaving open the possibility that East Jerusalem or Al-Quds can be the capital of a possible Palestinian state. That's going to come as a, to, as a kind of disappointment to some American Jews who think he's talking about all of Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 fully, I fully agree with that. I think that uh, it's very important to recognize that he didn't use the phrase eternal and undivided capital of Jerusalem, which is something that I'm sure that uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu would have wanted him to use. I would predict that probably if there is going to be some kind of a peace negotiation process, that East Jerusalem is going to be offered as a bargaining chip in exchange for uh, the current location of settlements in the West Bank, that it'll be a quid pro quo. But the other point about um, Prime Minister or President Erdogan in Turkey, uh, first of all, I wouldn't characterize this as anti-Semitism. I think uh, what we have is a certain amount of political expediency uh, on the part of Erdogan. Uh, after all, Turkey and Israel have long enjoyed um, uh, very good uh, diplomatic relations, uh, going back really to the, the very start of both countries, respectively. But what we find here, though, is uh, particularly in the Middle East, is a realignment of, uh, of leaders who are now trying to assert 
their support for the Palestinian cause uh, as being a way to legitimize broader policy implications as well as street credibility within those countries. In the case of the Gulf states, they have made a calculation that they can get away with either a muted uh, support for Israel uh, or or uh, not uh, because of what they see as a more looming uh, threat of Iran. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Saeed Khan, Senior Lecturer in Near East and Asia Studies at Wayne State. Howard Lupovich, Associate Professor of History and the Director of the Kohn Hadao Center for Judaic Studies. Thanks very much for being here on Detroit Today. Thanks, Stephen. Coming up next, we're going to talk with two journalists, one in Jerusalem and one here in southeast Michigan, about reaction to this news from the Trump administration. Stay with us on Detroit Today. News, music, culture, and community. Every day. Every day. Every day. On 1019 WDET. Detroit's public radio station. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. We are talking about the Trump administration's announcement this week that the U.S. now recognizes Jerusalem as the capital of Israel and will move its embassy from Tel Aviv. That is a controversial idea and uh, action because of the dispute about Jerusalem. Israel claims it as its capital, but there's also a strong attachment from Palestinians. And up until now, the United States has kind of taken a neutral position on that dispute by keeping its embassy in Tel Aviv. Moving the embassy to Jerusalem firmly puts it on the side of the Israeli side of this equation. Uh, Joining us now to talk more about the fallout from this decision is Yona Jeremy Bob. He's an intelligence, terrorism, and legal analyst for the Jerusalem Post. Also here with us is Osama Siblani. He is the publisher of the Arab American News here in Dearborn. Yona and Osama, welcome to Detroit Today. Yeah. Good to be here. Uh, Yona, let's start with you. Uh, what is the reaction in Israel uh, to this announcement from the president yesterday? Look, the Israeli reaction is overwhelmingly positive. There are critics. Um, you know, there is a, a right and a left in Israel. The right less, you know, interested in making concessions for peace process, left more interested. But on this issue, almost the entire left is very in favor uh, because, again, the, the perspective is not necessarily that this is the end of the peace process. Uh, you know, uh, President Trump was very careful to say that the lines of sovereignty aren't being judged by his speech last night. Um, but at the very least, that Western Jerusalem is the capital of Israel, this is something that for the right and left in Israel, people think has been a long time coming. Every foreign official, even if they have their embassy in Tel Aviv, does all of their government business basically in Jerusalem, um, and it has sort of been seen as an injustice that needs to be uh, uh, corrected by both right and left, even if there is still a you know commitment, uh, you know, and a firm commitment certainly by people on the left and some on the right to you know a continued peace process. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Osama Siblani, talk about the reaction from Palestinians and uh, people of Middle East descent to this decision. Is it is it uh, the kind of shunning that it looks like of 
their position and their claim to Jerusalem. Well, uh, I think it's more important to talk about how the United States is acting in, in this one. This, first of all, uh, you know, um, the United States is the first country in the world to make a decision like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, there has been a, a um, uh, holdback by the international community because they wanted to see where the peace negotiation is going between the Israelis and the Palestinians, and Jerusalem is a sticking point. Now, what the president did, and, and has been always the case, the United States uh, is positioning itself all the time, wrongly in my opinion, uh, uh, as the honest broker uh, for a peace in the region. And now, you know, it has been to the Arab world and to the Palestinians, and to me personally, I can say that they have never been really an honest broker. Now, they should show clearly that this is not an honest broker position that what the president has done. So that takes literally the United States out of being a negotiator or a mediator in the conflict between the Israelis and the Palestinians, just absolutely out. So you think it gives up all of our credibility? At, in that, our in credibility that is, is gone a long time ago since we invaded Iraq and Libya and Syria and we have supported Israel unconditionally against Palestinians, uprooting their land you know, and, and homes and, and trees and, and people. You know, the the, the the issue is bigger than moving an embassy from one place to another. Yeah. And, and, and on the other hand, you know, like, this is an international issue that the president has taken it on, upon himself unilaterally to go and do the things that he did against international will. Again, the United Nations does not recognize Jerusalem as a city that belongs to Israel. It, it is a disputed territory. It's an occupied territory. And, and the president has violated international law. He provoked the Arabs and the Muslims in the world. And now, I do not want to talk about violence, yeah. but I wanted to talk about how the United States is being seen in the world. And now that does not really uh, you know, benefit uh, Americans' image or you know that's tarnished in, in the in the Arab and the Muslim world. There's 1.8 billion Muslims in the world. They sure. see this as a worship uh, place, uh, Jerusalem, and and there are Christians too that believe that this is a, a should be an international city rather than a city that's governed by Netanyahu. Uh-huh. Uh, now the, the issue is more than that. Even the president went beyond even what the American public want, according to Brookings Institute uh, recent poll that was conducted in early November. Uh, 63% of the American public do not want the the embassy to be moved. Even 44% of the Republicans uh, in in the United States do not want the embassy to move. So the president made a decision to move the embassy not to the best interest of Israel, not to the best interest of the peace process, not to the best interest of the American people or America or the world or the peace in the world. He made it because he is really not fit to be a president. Yeah. He is not yeah. a leader. He's not, he doesn't understand the consequences of his action. He retweeted three videos that they right. were false videos. They were, they were, they were not fake videos. Was just last week. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, again, this is a president that does not understand that his actions are really uh, hurting our country. And maybe have, and maybe have consequences. Uh, Yona, Jeremy, Bob, talk about what those consequences might look like. I guess one way to look at this is that uh, it's a short-term victory for those who who want Jerusalem to be 
the official capital, the recognized capital of Israel, but that in the long term, it courts more discord. It courts a more difficult path to whatever you see as the, the, the ultimate solution, whether that's a two-state solution uh, or a one-state solution in, in, in Israel. How, uh, sort of try to connect the dots for us, for us here, why this is seen as a good thing and whether there's apprehension about that longer-term picture. Um, all right, I'm, I'm going to step out of the Israeli perspective for a second and go into sort of a more general perspective. And there's no question that if you looked at the largest group of experts see this as a dangerous move. Um, a lot of experts say, you know, this could hurt the peace process. There's all sorts of threats of violence from various Arab capitals, from some of the Palestinians. Um, and nobody knows exactly what's going to happen next. What I will say... Um, is that it is possible um, that there's a strategy here. I don't want to say there definitely is, um, but it's possible there's a strategy here that at the end of the day, most of what a peace deal is when we're talking about a peace deal is Israel withdrawing from land. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, from the Palestinian side, most of what they need to do in a peace deal is basically agree to permanent nonviolence and accepting Israel. And if most of what's happening is Israel withdrawing from land, that means that Israel is going to be making most of the concessions if there's a peace deal. And it is possible, I don't want to say that he definitely had this strategy, but it is possible that whereas the Obama administration never had the uh, loyalty, the uh, perception of being um, on Israel's side enough that Israelis took him seriously when he said, you know, take a risk for peace, Maybe Trump may get that now. Trump now is seen in Israel as, you know, the super-duper pro-Israeli president, mm-hmm. and he may be able to twist arms in a way to get concessions from Israel in terms of withdrawing from land that Obama never could have done. I'm not saying that that's definitely how all of this was planned out, but I think it come out, could come out that way. Um, and to the extent that the Palestinians sometimes get stuck on some things um, and think time is on our side, we can wait another hundred years until we get the exa- every percentage of land in the West Bank that we want. Uh, if you know from the, the last negotiations that ended in 2007-2008, the difference between the Israeli side and the Palestinian side was something like 2% in terms of um, how much of a withdrawal from the West Bank. It was very, very close. Mm. Um, and, you know, maybe getting over that, um, he's now, you know, sort of saying, look, if there isn't progress in the peace process, I haven't said when the embassy is going to move yet, but maybe I'll move it sooner. So this may, and I, again, I don't, I don't want to say will, yeah. but this may give him leverage over both of the parties in a way that the Obama a... administration never had. And the one other thing I'm going to say about that is in terms of convention, right, we, we approach, and I definitely would have seen this as not what he would do, this is what you know, most experts thought, that he would be convinced not to do this. Um, most experts also thought that the Iran nuclear deal wouldn't go through. Right. Um, and uh, it was you know, very, very unpopular in Congress, very unpopular uh, you know, in American public opinion. And a couple of years later now, Congress is not going to vote it down. I just spoke to CIA director uh, Michael Hayden recently, who was very against the deal, and now he wants to keep it. Right. So we. So, so I mean, essentially, you're saying we got to wait. It's and a rare gamble, 
can change things for positive yeah. in a way that you can't possibly see. Right. I don't want to say that it is going to happen, but I think it is possible. Yeah. Yona, I think that's a really interesting. It's a really interesting point. Um, I, I also think uh, maybe that's that's a gamble that's a little bit too large given the the history of tension. Uh, and, and I will agree it's a very the, big gamble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Osama Sibilani, uh, publisher of the Arab American News. Yona Jeremy Bob, intelligence, terrorism, and legal analyst for the Jerusalem Post. Thank you for being here on Detroit Today. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right. Up next, we're going to talk with Macomb County Executive Mark Hackle about his State of the County speech last night. Stay with us on Detroit Today. Okay.